Go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window get their second. You're listening to Lee Carson, Newcastle Hunters Home Rugby League. Welcome back to another episode of League Castle, ticking away episode 19 this week as we head towards finals. Most competitions reaching their final round and catch-up rounds uh, as we head into the final starting in the next couple of weeks in most of our major competitions. Again, I am, of course, your host, Chris McPherson. Uh, looking forward to a huge episode this week. Uh, we've got guests coming on to cover off on the women's tackle competition. We're going to catch up with Tani Milgate. From the Central Newcastle Butcher Boys, uh, we're also going to catch up and chat the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League Mex Club B-grade competition with Carl Younger from the Katara Bears. We have, of course, our regular co-host Josh Spiegelman in to talk Junkyard Skips Stats Man's Performers of the Week as that heats up with only one more full round remaining. And we'll also chat with Brendan Simpson of the South Newcastle Lions on the back of South breaking their losing streak last week. And as they head in towards the run in the finals, it's going to be, as I said, an absolute bumper episode. And it's all possible thanks to our great partner businesses, none other than Shipley Meats at Rutherford, Sharp DS Central Coast, Beaver Brewery, and of course, Junkyard Skips that I mentioned there who bring us all of our... Statsman Performers of the Week and the prizes for Statsman Performer of the Year. Next week, we'll have the unveiling of the Statsman Player of the Year as well as the Team of the Year. So really looking forward to that. Uh, We'll also have our announcement of our Club of the Year with some updates from the second half of the season from some notable performances and notable uh, culinary delight in terms of steak sandwiches and blue cans at those grounds. Uh, Raymond Terrace, the clubhouse leaders at the halfway point of the season, so we'll see if anyone can pip them in regards to it. But uh, as I say, we have a bumper episode ahead. Make sure that you do follow us on our social media channels to make to stay up to date with all of our content, League Castle AU on Instagram, League Castle AUS on Facebook, there's plenty on both of those channels. We've got the player profiles coming, the stats man, stats, snapshots as well. Uh, and plenty more there. The tips for the uh, each week's uh, Denton Engineering Cup games as well go up there with the lines on our story. So they all come courtesy of our uh, under-the-radar bookmaking friends. So plenty of things to get involved in. Give them a follow, support those partner businesses, and sit back and enjoy episode 19 of League Castle. All right, let's kick off the show in our regular fashion. Tonight promises to be one of the longest shows of the year. Uh, an absolute bumper cast coming up, but we'll start it off in the same way we always do. The number-crunching genius and guru that is Josh Spiegelman joins us again. Hello again, Josh, and thanks for jumping on, as you always do, and giving up your time for the show. No worries, mate. Good to be back. Hi, all. Hope you had a good weekend and um, plenty to get into this week, but Maybe let's start off the top with bringing up the Knights and the big rare victory after you got into it last week. Mate, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad someone could motivate them. Uh, it must have been a nervous second half for you though, mate. Oh, very nervous, mate. I, yeah, I was doing some stats and watching on the other screen and had to stop doing the stats because I was getting a bit nervy there in the last 20 minutes and 
probably any other team, but the Tigers wins that game. So luckily we're playing them and 2-0 against them this year is not so much, is it? No, it's not, but all, all but guarantees that you won't get a wooden spoon. So that's uh, that's good news. The Cutlery Connect collection does not build. It looks like it's going to go north of the border, but... Mate, um, it would have been would have been interesting, you know, doing using the abacus to do your stats and everything, and then you're getting little shaky hands. You know, no wonder you had to take a break from the stats. <laughs> Mate, I haven't heard of an abacus in about fifty years, and I'm only thirty one. <laughs> a little, little little peek behind the curtain, as you know, I've already recorded the catch up with Brendan Simpson, who I'm going to talk to shortly for the show. And Abacus also gets a run there, so I don't know why they're on my mind at the moment, but they certainly are. So <laughs> twice in one episode, and as you say, like you know, in 31 years, you probably haven't heard of one once. So anyway, we'll move. Yeah, just, Go, sorry, mate. No, you just give me an idea for the um, the stat man of the year trophy, mate. Maybe an Abacus with the name engraved. Yeah, very <laughs> nice. They only get the trophy though if they get the tattoo. That's the rule. Oh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. That's we'll talk about that, mate. Um, now, just in the interest of our good friends out at Macquarie, do you have to update us about any dinner plans this week or you'll just keep that between you and Roachy in the private chat? <laughs> yeah, mate, yeah. Anyone wants to see some good food, just have me on Instagram, mate, and get into me about it. <laughs> yeah, not only a stats man, he's a, he's a food connoisseur. Uh, mate, we should have should have been getting you out on the uh, on the steak sandwich trail uh, for the... Uh, the club of the year, which we've got a few more coming in next week and alongside announcing our Statsman Performer of the Year, thanks to Junkyard Skips. We'll also have our Club of the Year, thanks to Beaver Brewery next week. So it's going to be a huge episode, episode 20, mate. Oh, I can't wait, mate. Yeah, it's been building to, to this, I guess, like regular season. Obviously, all the clubs are looking for, most of the clubs are looking forward to play the semis and go to the big dance. But for us, yeah, for the Statman Club of the Year, thanks to Junkyard Skips, that regular season, I guess, in a Dally M style of, of things. We'll be announcing after next week, and it's a pretty tight race at the top between a couple of guys that everyone will be familiar with, and yeah, it's still still open, and we'll also be doing a team of the year, Statman team of the year, too, one through 17, so we'll announce that a little bit later in the coming weeks, too, in some form or another. Yeah, we'll certainly be looking at that over the finals, but as you say, not only red hot at the top, there's a bunch chasing those minor placings and those you know, those spots in the team of the year. Number of players, if they come out and put in a blinder this week, could barge their way into that team of the year, depending on, on where they play and, and where they're sitting, mate. So lots on the line as we head into the final round of the regular season. But before we do that, let's head back and look at round 18, which should have been the final round of the season, but for the weather gods. And it was an absolutely cracking round. We had um, some tight finishes. We had a shutout. We had a draw. Had a bit of everything, mate. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely an interesting round, mate. I watched all uh, five games and, you know, some really interesting results. Uh, going through memory, what well, we put up those lines on Instagram, I think, you know, no one really predicted Central's win by 22 points. Um, West looked strong early, but South covered the line there. Um, I can't remember who we put favourite between Entrance and Lake. Do you remember? I think we might have had the Entrance minor favourites from memory just because it was down at Edsac. I think that's where our, our yeah. bookie man had it. That's right. So Lake did well to cover that line there. So, yeah, it was a pretty interesting round. Um, yeah, let's, let's crack into it, mate. We've got some notes. We've got some stats. We've got some thoughts on the matches. So where do you want to start? Well, we'll start at the top of Saturday. But before that, I do just want to mention our, our bookie man's going to have his work cut out for him this weekend because there's going to be teams potentially resting some players with niggles and different things. So, hey, l- lucky we're not. he's not uh, putting real cash on the line because he'd be in real trouble, I think. 
Yeah, mate, otherwise um, it's too accurate some of that inside information after do some investigations on. Well, we've, we've already queried a couple of players who've accidentally voted for the wrong sides in some games and things over the years. So anyway, we'll leave that, <laughs> leave that nice and wide and uh, move forward, mate. Let's head into Wyong and Curry. This one, a bit of a... Uh, Bit of a sore point for Wong. They dropped a result that they probably should have won earlier in the year up at Curry, and they made sure that didn't happen at home. Thirty-eight to twelve winners. The Roos winning winning out there against the Bulldogs, and uh, getting some valuable competition points to ensure that they sort of finish just on the cusp of the finals. But we know they won't be there in twenty twenty two. Yeah, that's right, mate. And it was actually a pretty close game in for much of the first half, like you mentioned when they last played as well. Um, until right at the back end of that first half where Wong scored three tries in quick succession to close out the half. And obviously, as the score suggests, carried it on from there. So uh, a couple of honourables to get into first, if you want me to crack on. Yeah, fire through, mate. Um, yeah, so we had a debutant for Wyong uh, out in the back there. Cooper um, Begini, Begini, really sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Um, he was on debut and he scored two tries with three line breaks and two tackle busts. So not a, not a bad debut there. Yeah, there's certainly guys made worse first appearances than that, so uh, he's going to uh, certainly make a case for Mitch Williams to have trouble leaving him out moving forward. Yeah, definitely, mate. And and probably the only Curry bloke I'll bring up for an honourable uh, this week was Brodie Lenane, their mainstay out there in, in on the wing, but he played centre this game. I thought he was really strong carrying the ball for Curry. He had 10 metres of run at uh, 130 metres total and four tackle busts, which is pretty tough to do when you're on the end of a all on like that, so well done to Brody for a pretty strong game. Yeah, he's done well this year, Brody, coming into that side and, and carries a, a very famous surname in the Curry circle, so great to see him doing well and really cementing a spot in that side. He'll be an asset to the club for a couple of years to come, but mate, they're, they're your honourables. It uh, it looks like a fairly experienced bunch that you've uh, handed out the points to, however. Yeah, it is, mate. It's a clean sweep to Wyong here. We'll go one, two, three. Uh, one point to the veteran Mitch Williams, another clinical performance with two try assists, two line break assists, a try contribution, a line break contribution, and a, and a force dropout. So, uh, again, just all in the important stat categories there for Mitch, and he's had a really strong season and hope he plays on next year too. Yeah, I'm sure he's got a few years left in him. Does Mitch, he's still at the peak of his powers, you'd have to say, based on his performances so far this season. But uh, it was two of his teammates, again, uh, some guys who've got uh, plenty of games under their belt, maybe not as many as Mitch, that have picked up the major placings. Yeah, that's right, mate. Um, with their second row out there, Wong, Blake Andrews scored two tries, two line breaks. And the reason he got in the points for me, he also got a try contribution and a line break contribution and six tackle breaks. So really dangerous out there uh, running there for Wong. And um, yeah, well done to Blake. Yeah, well done to Blake, a solid performer for them. But uh, it was the milestone, man, as it's been so many times this season, picking up the uh, the major points, they're all three at the top. Yeah, they seem to turn up for their big games, and who can blame them? You know, really nice milestone, 100 games for Luke Sharp, getting the three points for me today. And, you know, there's not sympathy points when these boys are actually putting in really good efforts and these numbers um, prove it here. So I don't do why on full stats like the meterage, but the obvious over over 100 here for Luke, uh, probably 150 plus. Um, but not only that, he I did tally two try assists, two line break assists, seven tackle busts, and six offloads. Uh, I think five of them were effective. So really good effort by Luke. Really important for them from the back. Strong returns, setting up tries, and creating second phase play. 
Um, so really well done on his 100th game. Yeah, well done to Luke Sharp, both in the three points and the 100th game. Something that never sank into me, I always knew that Luke Sharp was an undersized player, but that photo, and I know you shared it on our, on our Instagram, Mitch Williams nearly towers over him. Yeah, he's not the biggest bloke, Luke. Um, I was at the Scorps game when they beat Wyong as well, and I think I walked past him from a distance away, but you just watch him with ball in hand, and he just springs about, and he's got the agilities off the charts, and um, it'd be a nightmare to tackle for a big bloke. Like a little pinball, mate, the way he bounces around there, that's for sure, and uh, well-deserving. And it's always nice to see the, the guys turn up well in their milestone games and not only get a win, but get the three points here. And, yeah, I, th- I think we've got a, more than you count on one hand, guys, that have picked up the uh, the major points or, or significant points when they've been in a milestone game. So, well done to Luke. Let's move on to the second of the weekend's games, mate. And it was the Wangaroos Central Coast... Uh, Crosstown rivals, I suppose you'd call them the entrance, hosting Lakes at Edsac Oval there at the entrance. Uh, and while they may have outscored them four tries to three, the points were split 20 all the game finished and one competition point taken by each side. Yeah, that's right, mate. It was a pretty fiery end to this game, actually, between the two sides and probably one to watch when they come back next year to play each other. Um the, yeah, yeah, as the score suggests, I guess both teams didn't didn't really take their chances throughout the game. So the draw was probably a fair result, but it's worth noting the entrance did score four tries, two, three, with a penalty goal and goal kicking, levelling things up. So, um, yeah, well, I don't have any honourables for this game. I just thought we'd crack on to the one, two, threes. Uh, entrance half, Will Pearsall for one point, two try assists, a line break assist, and 10.6 metres, eight carry. Uh, two points to Lyndon Hills with a try assist, a line break assist, a line break, two tackle busts, two offloads, 135 metres from 14 runs to top his team and the match. So match um, high effort by Lyndon Hills, the lock from Lake. He's been a solid performer on the edge for them and now that he's moved into the middle, performing just as well consistently is Lyndon Hills. But it was a man who's been sort of in and out of the side in in, in recent times, but uh, when he is there, he's a key part of their halves options that took out your three points, mate. Yeah, it was um, late half Jack Kelly here with a, a pretty nice performance, even though he missed a couple of field goals late and not, not very well set up by the team there to win it. But a really good effort here with a try, three tackle busts, a line break assist, a try assist, uh, aside from the field goals, his kicking game was on point throughout the match with general play kicking, but also one forced dropout and a 40-20, which was great to see. One of Lake's only ones this season. Um, 17 tackles at 100% with one forced error and one try save in a loop defense situation when, when a line break had occurred. So really well done to Jack. Yeah, filled the stats, I guess, in, in all categories. Certainly did, mate. And, and his goal kicking was certainly very key to the game as, as it... Um, the kicking you touched on there, the penalty goal and the, and the 100% from the tee, meaning that uh, Lakes, as we said, without uh, outscoring in the try department, managed to walk away with a competition points at, competition point, and they've certainly finished the season with a flurry. Yeah, that's it, mate. Yeah, sorry I didn't bring that up. Yeah, yeah uh, well done by Jack off the tee. And, um, yeah, I guess uh, Lakes, I'll be looking at farewell bossy next week, right? That's the big one next week. So hopefully they, yeah, they can get a win there. Certainly the case, and, and Lakes, you know, the form of Jack alongside some of the other guys that have played in the halves for them this year and, and knowing some of the recruits they're working with for next year, they're going to be quite deep in that halves 
department. So it'll be interesting to see where they settle and how many of these guys hang around. But certainly they'd be keen to keep Jack Kelly at the club after they lost him for a little while to Central in previous years. But let's move on to the inner city rivalry on Sunday. West hosted South and South are in a real need of a turnaround in their form. They'd lost four in a row heading into this one. Uh, we're getting on their road to finals. They were already locked into the top five, but really needed to turn things around, and they did that with a bit of a bang. 34-16, to 16, they got up there. Um, comfortable winners in the end in terms of the scoreboard, but far from comfortable in terms of out there on the day. Uh, this one, never an easy result, but South will be very happy. I would have thought their coaching staff and leadership to walk away with the two points here. Yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah, West, as you touched on, you know, played pretty well in the first half. I just finished this review probably an hour or two before we started recording the podcast, so it's still fresh in my mind. Um, uh, just reading through my notes, obviously take some notes as I do the stats as well. Uh, I think the commentator said South had lost five on the trot or four on the trot before this, so it's a pretty good effort for them to bounce back here at Harker and the, the old rivalry, I guess. Um, and, and, and they were down early, and I thought I just wanted to bring up the two front rowers for South, Simo, who will be the guest on the podcast later on and Frank Paul as well. I thought off the back of their efforts in the middle, South was able to, you know, weather the storm a bit when they were down, but also come back and put on that score to win the game. So uh, I've got a few honourables with stat lines if you want me to get into it. Yeah, fire away, mate. Get into the honourable mentions for the Southwest Derby. Yeah, they're all South boys, actually. Um, Angus Ernst, uh, the halfback to South with two try assists and a line break assist and 26 tackles at 93%, which is great for a half. Connor Brown out there, number 12, uh, the second row for South with a try, four tackle bust, a line break assist, a team-high 16 supports, which is great to see, 91% in defense and 29 tackles as well. Um, and then we've got Lewis Hamilton, uh, who's been great this year, all year, um, still up the top, one of the top players in Statman, but we won't reveal where exactly. Didn't get a point this week, but really good effort with a try assist, two line break assists, a try contribution, five tackle bust, 134 metres from 14 carries. And last but not least in the Honourables, um, Brendan Simpson, who we mentioned, Big Simo, a try, 18 carries, 159 metres, one tackle bust, a line break, an offload, and 90% defence. So pretty hard to leave those four out of the points, but um, I'll get into it when you want me to. Yeah, mate, uh, certainly hard numbers there to leave out, and uh, especially uh, Simo, mate, uh, what, a, what an effort he's had this year in terms of try scoring for a front rower. Like, he's up uh, up and about, certainly, in terms of it. I know he got a double the other week against Wyong, so finishing the year with a bang, uh, they might uh, throw him out in the backs if he keeps up this sort of rate of, rate of uh, getting meat pies. Yeah, mate, his um, line break count and try counts bit the highest that I've seen him have since I've done South stats from back in 2017 onwards, or eight, at the start of 2018 onwards, so... Um, well done to Simo for a pretty good season and, yeah, hope he carries on too. He's, he's certainly got got some seasons left in him. He certainly does, mate. Uh, but let's have a look at the points. And I know that uh, while South dominated the game and they will dominate the points, there was uh, room for one Westman to sneak into the minor placings. Yeah, that's right, mate. West Edge, Will Meehan here. A man with two tries, two line breaks, one separate try assist and five tackle busts. So... I just couldn't couldn't deny him a point with that, that uh, two meat pies for an edge back rower and a try assist with a strong running. Um, just adds out Simo uh, for the for the for the one point there. All right, well done. Those sorts of numbers stack up even in a losing side. But mate, who were the stars of the backs and forwards respectively of South to take out the two and the three? 
Yeah, this could have gone either way for me, mate, with the two and the three points here. It was really hard to flip them. Um, so I went two points to Harry Van Dardel, the South fullback with a try, seven tackle busts, two line breaks, try assists, try contribution, 173 metres from 15 carries, which is a, a great effort there from the back. Uh, but he was just eclipsed by who I believe was also the Tui's player of the uh, this yeah. match and the round. He, cer- he certainly was, mate. Um, and... We will be clear that um, Steve Kidd's man crush on this man is uh, no influence on uh, your point-making decisions. <laughs> Not at all, mate. Uh, yeah, this this guy, Frank Paul, the wrecking ball, had a tremendous game and is well well worth the three points here. Uh, one great try from dumb, a dummy half scoot near the line, three metres out. Imagine big Frank Paul, literally a wrecking ball running at you. Mate, I, I, it's a gamble that front row is doing that because I tell you what, that's a coach killer if it doesn't come off. Well, it came off, mate. He, he broke three tackles in that one run. And, you know, like I said, oh, you cannot pay me enough money to stand three metres away from Frank Paul and then have a barrel in here. So, um, well, leading off, just not just the try. He had a, uh, the equal team high with Simo, actually, with the 18 carries. But he had 185 metres, which was a game high, at 10.3 metres a carry. Five tackle breaks, one line break, two offloads. 22 tackles at 96%. And the, the reason I get, just gave him the nudge over Harry Van Dyle for the three points was just that platform he laid at the times he was on, I think really helped Harry, you know, do what he did as well. So not really a statistic like an assist or anything, but just as, as everyone that watches football knows how important front row is setting a platform is. So well done to Big Frank. Yeah, certainly been uh, really finding his stride. And as you say, Mate, uh, you say you might not want to try and tackle him from three metres. I think I'd rather tackle him from three than, you know, with a wind-up and ten metres further back. Uh, either way, not much fun if you're an opposition player, and uh, I'm sure Simo and the boys love having Frank Paul on their side, and he'll head up to uh, Curry this week to take on his old crew, and uh, we'll certainly be up for it, Frank Paul. But congrats to him not only on our three points, but also on the two. He's player of the match. Uh, he's starring for them and uh, turned into a real asset for their team and their squad. But, uh, mate, that yeah. wraps... Sorry, mate, go on. No, no I was just going to say, he certainly has, mate. He's, um, I don't know what his signing situation is, but I'm sure South will really like to keep him around next year. It's a formidable pack they've got there, you know, with him and Simo up the middle and then some real real good strike with um, Lewis Hamilton out wide and then some creativity with Connor Brown out the other side too. So um, if Scotty Matthews can stay healthy and you've got big Jack Welsh off the bench, that's a pretty good pack they can build around. Certainly is, and, and Frank Frank Paul only thirty five at the moment, so plenty of years left in him uh, to to get around there, and, and hopefully, I'm sure South would love to have him on for another year or two, and then maybe transition him into coaching because we've already seen his preparedness to mentor players, both his own club and others, and uh, yeah, we hope to see him involved in the Newcastle Rugby League for a long time to come. But let's keep on heading through these games, mate, and we'll head to the next one, which was uh, one of our top five battles uh, heading into the finals, and this one was. Uh, a cracker, not the most disciplined of games, mate, but uh, Maitland coming out on top, 18 points to 10 in uh, a fairly physical and uh, no-love-loss sort of battle. Yeah, mate, my, my top of my notes basically says what you just said. There is no-love-loss between these two sides. It's kind of sad for me because I really like these two teams. The two are the first ones that obviously brought me on with the stats and I've got some strong relationships with both the coaching staff, but... I guess the fans in the stands and whoever watched it really like to see the fire in this game. Um, you, get the, you can say pretty spicy first half, mate. Both teams came together a heap of times. 
Um, but but even still, like that, you would think that might make it a stop-start affair. It's pretty fast-paced and some big resulting numbers from it as well. And I just talked to you pre-show, the number of penalties from this match, <laughs> 26 penalties and a sin bin from the game in total. So, um, yeah, that, that speaks for itself, I think. Yeah, I think, I think again, you know, speaking anecdotally, normally a, a fast-flowing, disciplined game of first grade, you might see a dozen to 15 penalties. 15 to 20 is probably the average of all games. So anything going up into the 20s, let alone over 25, is, is starting to be... Uh, Really testing the men in pink's patience. So it be interesting to see, mate, uh, who picks up your honourable mentions in this one. Yeah, there's quite a few, mate. As you can imagine, some really big strike weapons across the park here for both clubs. So um, just missing out on the points for me, we'll go a few Scorps boys. Royce Jeffrey, 116 metres, which was top for the Scorps back. Four tackle bus and offload, a try assist and a line break assist. Uh, Connor Kirkwood. 22 carries for 177 metres and 34 tackles at 92%. It's a phenomenal work rate. Just couldn't scrape into the points for me this week. Um, Malik Dialu, the uh, Scorps uh, second row, or, or can also play the, in the backs. He scored a try. Five tackle bars, a line break, 18 carries for 146 metres. Just a couple of negatives kept him out of the points for me. Um, Reed Alchin for, for Mail in the second row with a try, 118 metres, five tackle busts and two line breaks. Um, and you're going to have to help me with the last name here, mate. The winger for Mail and Will, I think it's Newenhouse. It Newen- is, yeah, yeah, Newenhouse, yep. Newenhouse, um, one try, two line breaks, five tackle busts, 109 metres. And I thought he really, really clicked well with um, Big Soaps out there in the centres because he was his winger. Uh, they, had, they had a really good combination during the game. So, um, unlucky for those, what, what I mentioned, five boys not to get in the points. But, um, yeah, great, great game. Certainly some big numbers there. And I'm just going to put an asterisk next to that pronunciation. Uh, Will Newenhouse. Will, if that's incorrect, please let us know. But I do have, from clarification earlier in the year, that's how Matt Lantry told me it's pronounced. So, that's that's who to, who to send your uh, complaint mail to if it's incorrect. If it's correct, then we're all good here. Um, but just to mention on that, mate, you talked about Reid Alchin. He has he was a star at Curry last year, but he has just taken things to a new level. And in terms of numbers, he is now equal fourth with the likes of Matt Soper Lawler in terms of leading try scores for the competition. This is a an edge back rower we're talking about uh, up there with the likes of Kai Cooper one try in front of him, uh, Gary Anderson, Tyrone Neen, Joe Woodbury, Reeve Howard all one and two tries behind him. Um, James Bradley obviously four tries in front of him, but I think that's absolutely phenomenal to see the impact that he's had since he's come across to Maitland. Um, and yeah, certainly just wanted to, I guess, doff my cap to, to Reed. Uh, he sails close to win sometimes with his discipline, but certainly has been a real punch in attack for the, uh, the pickers and, uh, unlucky probably a few times where he's just missed out on the points, but he's certainly been right amongst it when the, uh, when the points have been on the offing with getting across the stripe 10 times. That's right, mate. And I collate, uh, season long too, and, and Reed. Second in their team for tackle bus. He's got a fair few uh, line break assists and try assists. And, and I, I think he's, uh, yeah, no, sorry. I know he leads their team in offloads as well. So he's been phenomenal for them, playing most of the games this season on the edge. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really, really good season. And there's no no wonder he's right amongst it for the Statman team of the year. Even missing uh, points like in this game. I actually did a quick little check before we got on. And uh, as I thought, actually, the Scorps and Mayland have the most players that registered at least one point in the stat man of the year competition. So it's just unfortunate that when you've got such a good team, 
you just tend to cannibalize uh, your teammates for the, for the stat man points like in the Dally M's. But I'm sure they'd rather the success that they're having made and, and, and both teams have had a good season, Maitland especially. And I guess we should mention congratulations to the, for the minor premiership. Yes, yeah, certainly. Congratulations to the Maitland Pickers for that minor premiership. And just before we depart, Reid, uh, all those wonderful stats and his success at Maitland, I don't know how that overcomes the Frosty family dinners, though. <laughs> yeah, the Curry Maitland rivalry, mate. That, that's, uh, Obviously, that's his old, his old man's still the president out at Curry. His brother's made his first great debut this year, so... Um, that, that could be an interesting one, though, if the two of them come together uh, in season 2023 because uh, they both play very similarly. Uh, Reid, obviously, the uh, more experienced of the two. But, yeah, uh, yeah, it's always an interesting one, especially when the family's so integrated. And we talked to Matt Sopel all earlier in the year about how he would go. Um, and he got frozen out, not for playing for another club here, but actually for going to the Queensland Cup. So... <laughs> Uh, no love yeah. lost in these these families that bleed their club's colours. But, mate, let's, as you say, congrats to Maitland on the minor premiership and uh, Frank, Matt Lantry, the whole team there, they've done a great job in getting that club to where they are and uh, they're going to be hard to stop on the on the way through to uh, mid-September. But there's plenty of other clubs that have got an eye on them. And, uh, yeah, as you say, let's get into the 3 2 and one here, mate. Um, it's been mixed up between the two sides and a few names that we know very well. That's right, mate. And it's, they, these boys might sound like a broken record, but they deserve these points week in, week week out. Just their effort they put in. Um, all right, so we'll start off with a point here to uh, Luke Higgins from the Scorps. 16 runs, 158 metres, five tackle busts, one line break, two effective offloads, 33 tackles at 100%, which is just a tremendous effort considering the opponents he was going up against. Played in the middle all day, just held his own. Um, quick rock speed when he had the ball. Um, just a tremendous effort, and, and he's right amongst it for the team of the year too for me. Yeah, certainly been a solid performer. Missed a few games, but um, he's right there when the uh, when Macquarie need him, and uh, he'll be a vital asset alongside his brother as they head into the finals. Yeah, definitely will, mate. Um, we'll move on to the two points here uh, for uh, Maitland. Jaden Butterfield, the big prop forward, he topped the game with 191 metres from 17 runs. He did have a big line break for about 40 metres up the guts, which helped, but they can all the same. Um, two tackle busts, 92% in defence, and a really big forced error at a key point of the match. So um, he got the two points for me with just some um, yeah tremendous uh, numbers at the end and, and an effort. Yeah, certainly, again, another consistent performer, but uh, he couldn't take the maximum points here, Jaden. but he'll be right there again up in that top echelon of players when we reveal the final Statsman leaderboard. But speaking of players who've been consistent all year, he's the man that stands out like a sore thumb with that electric white headgear. Uh, he has none other than MSL, as, they, uh, as they're calling him around Maitland, but uh, he's been a star performer for them, whether he's been in a one, a three, or any other jersey this year. That's right, mate, and yeah, he was in the three today, and I thought he um, got a lot more ball in the last game. I don't think he registered uh, a point. Um, did really well with it, too, even though he got battered and bruised this game, I think, but he managed 14 runs for 156 metres at 11.1 metres of carry, which was best of the Maitland back five. Um, two of these dominant carries, they won critical penalties for the team, so he's earned the penalties there with two individual carries. He had eight tackle busts, which was most in the whole game between the two sides a line break, and then, as I mentioned before, with Will Newenhouse, uh, he combined really well with two line break assists and a try assist to Will. So, um, again, fill the stat sheet, 
uh, well deserving of the three points and uh, makes things very interesting in the stat man comp. Does he's right in that leading pack coming into the final round? Uh, as we said, there's not a lot separating that top crew, so uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, who comes out on top post next weekend's footy action. But uh, we're not quite at the end of this round and there's some other contenders that have still got their game to play. And so let's head to that fixture now, mate. We are talking about the round 18 game that was Central hosting Cessnock. It was Old Boys Day down at St John Oval and they had a bumper crowd out there in full song and full voice supporting the boys in blue and white and they managed to cheer them home not only to a victory, but to a shutout against a Cessnock side that's been in a pretty solid form in recent weeks. Yeah, mate, it was a very interesting watch this. I thought Central just rolled them through the rock in the first half, which set up the rest of the game. Plenty of tackle breaks, quick play of the balls, which had Cessnock on the back foot. It's also worth noting that Cessnock lost their starting front row, Corey Barber, um, early in the match. He didn't didn't make a return, so... He, him and Apthorpe have been, you know, tremendous for them holding the sport all year. Uh, when you lose a play like that, especially against the pack like Central, that's going to hurt you. So I think, yeah, if anyone watched this game, they they can see that, you know, how tough those Central forwards are going to be to, to handle rolling into the into the finals. And that's going to be a really, really juicy matchup when they come up against teams like the Scorps and Maitland with their forward pack too. So um, pretty exciting there. They've got a few honourables as well, if you want me to kick off. Yeah, certainly some some big packs to look forward to in the finals in those top two sides, especially, but as you say, also uh, Macquarie. But any side, if they lose one of their starting props for a big volume of the game, just really impacts those rotations, mate. Uh, so interesting to see, and it'll be about very much who can stay healthy as we head into the finals. But let's pick through those honourable mentions and uh, the guys who were so near yet so far from picking up the points. Yeah, that's right, mate. I thought uh, it's best to mention probably the one Seth Knock guy here, Sam Apthorpe, who actually did he held the fort pretty well with Barber going down. He had 121 metres, which topped his team and a 10.1 a carry. Two tackle busts and 26 tackles at 93%. So not numbers off the chart, but considering what he had to do against the pack he did, that was, that was worth shouting out. Um, for Central here, uh, just missing out on the points, Cam King, their big forward, really tough to leave out. Um, he was a man on a mission, mate, 168 metres, three tackle busts and a line break. And when you think about, as I mentioned before, they're, they're forwards, they're, they're the rotation that they have, mate. I'll oh, shout out again, the, a friend of the podcast, Woody Baker, um, when he comes on and Cam King goes off or, or Junior Rasika goes off, mate, um, it's just lethal because Woody had 105 metres, 10.5 a carry, five tackle busts, he didn't miss a tackle. So, that you know, they don't lose much when Cam King or Rasika go off, mate. It's, a, it's pretty pretty lethal. Certainly is a good rotation to have. And, you know, we, we often uh, sort of forget that Big Wits has played International Rugby League and uh, he's not one to be underrated just because he comes off the bench. Uh, interestingly enough, I think he and Sam Matiora might have both turned out for the Cook Islands at different points. So I'm intrigued to know whether, they, whether they've kitted up together. But uh, he's been great for them. He spent a couple of weeks in reserve grade earlier in the year, but uh, he's, he's back to his... Bullocking best, mate, and uh, he's an asset for the boys in the blue and white. Definitely is, mate. Yeah, he's um, ever since the stats come on board, mate, I think he's trying that little bit extra harder to get those tackle busts. He just, you know, just uh, lines up a defender and flattens him, mate, on the first carry. So I know he, he loves his stats, but uh, no, it's great to see him back in first. And yeah, he doesn't belong in reserve grade, that's for sure. No, certainly not, mate. Uh, he's yeah, he's a handful in first grade. I hate to think what some of those young pups coming through reserve grade think of when Big Wits is running at them, um, 
foot with a full head of steam. There's some big boppers running around, as we said, but... Mate, there was a big bopper that picked the two points, but it was uh, Mr. Versatile for the uh, Butcher Boys, who uh, he starred last week, picked up the three, but finds himself in the points again this week. That's right, mate. Randall Briggs here, central, second rower, back to the edge this week uh, with one point. He had another three line break assists and two try assists, as well as the five tackle busts. So that's 10 line break assists in two games. <laughs> so. For me, just that playmaking ability. He ran hard, didn't miss many tackles. Definitely worth a point, Randall. He's having a real purple patch. He certainly is, mate. Uh, and again, you know, just one of those players that he's, he's not as big as some of those forwards getting around, but geez, he hits like one. He's got the, the silky hands as well. There's not much he can't do. Uh, a very talented footballer and uh, very dangerous when you're coming up against him. Yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah, I wouldn't want to get hit by him no matter how small he is or big he is, whatever. But, yeah, he hits hard. He, and he knows, he knows his way around a football field, mate. That's evidenced by the 10 line break assists, I think. What's that? Um, eight try assists in two games. Yeah, exactly right, mate. Uh, but speaking of blokes you don't want to get hit by, this man is a much bigger frame that's picked up the two points than even Randall Briggs. Yeah, that's right, mate. Nick Ritter here, the central lock forward. It's the best game since I've, I've, I've watched them the last month or so. Uh, scored a try, three tackle busts and a line break. He had 144 metres from, from the uh, equal team high of 18 carries and 27 tackles at 93%, which is one of the highest counts in the team. So, um, well done to Nick. That's, that's well-deserved two points. Certainly is, mate. But uh, we talked about it with Matt Sopalola, another man who is a... Uh, he's been a guest of the show. He's a, uh, a popular figure in Newcastle Rugby League. Another man who was in that milestone club earlier in the year picks up their three points. Mate, how good are you going? Cameron Anderson, just, yeah, talk about purple patches, mate. Another two tries here, 10 tackle busts, two line breaks, a line break assist, 159 metres from, from that equal high, 18 carries. So could not go past him for the three points again. And, you know, as much as Central want to keep him about, mate, like, like how's this guy not at a higher level? Like, you know what I mean? Just just incredible. Certainly is, mate. Uh, he's, you know, he's got the ability, if he has the willingness, I think, to certainly following the footsteps of uh, his brother Grant, who uh, made his NRL debut earlier this season. It's a very talented athletic family we've touched on before, but he is absolutely carving up when it uh, comes to the local competition. Yeah, definitely, mate. And, um, yeah, he's a, he's a lock for the for the Statman team of the year. It's just a matter of the placings now, so very exciting last round. Certainly is, mate. It'll be even not quite as covered as the Statman of the year, but certainly the number one jersey in the Statman team of the year is going to be a... Uh, a hotly contested one with a couple of those names that we've thrown up, but fortunately they're all versatile and can shuffle around. Uh, mate, while we've been going through this, I just did a little bit of uh, quick research, and it looks like three times together for the Cook Islands, Sam Mateora and Witty Baker. So you can just imagine uh, the shots that were put on in some of those games, uh, including one game where they started in the front row together around the time Sam was uh, at the night. So, yeah, just a little bit of random rugby league trivia there to have, think those two big Cook Island internationals are still tearing around and dominating and terrifying people in the Newcastle Rugby League competition. Jeez, you wouldn't want to come up against them together and starting pack, would you, mate? That's, that's frightening. Well, you certainly, you'd be looking at one of them and then all of a sudden, especially if you've got eyes on Witty coming at you like a train when, you, when you're taking a hit up and Sam just comes out of nowhere. Um, and again, I talked with Simo about this. The movement that he has, and as Simo put it, I don't know how he sneaks up on people because he's not exactly a small man, uh, but he sneaks up in that blind spot and, geez, he's put on some bell ringers this year, big Sam Mateora. He has, mate. He has for sure. Yeah, he's flattened some people. 
put some people, I mean, out of action for the rest of the match. But um, as long as it's legal, mate, we love it. And he's, um, yeah, he's great for the league to have in it. He certainly is. And, he, and he's very good at executing it well, mate. That's one thing I will give him. Uh, a lot of players in this day and age like to put the big shots on and, you know, it's a 50-50 job. It's not too often he missed times or, or gets them wrong. So, um, yeah, I think certainly we'll, he's got to be due for at least one or two more before the end of the season as they go deep. But, mate, it's been a bumper episode for the show. It's been really exciting as we continue to build, thanks to Junkyard Skips, towards the, uh, I guess, announcing next week. Only, you know, a week away the player of the year as we get through the remaining six games. And that's something to remember is you talked about some of those Macquarie players that have tallied points, mate. They've got an extra game up their sleeve with the midweek fixture. So we could see some surges from some Macquarie players in terms of that team of the year. And it's, yeah, it's as you say, it's really heating up. Uh, I think at the moment, looking at the leaderboard in terms of the team of the year, as you said, there's an absolute bunch of players chasing the top placings, but in terms of the team of the year and, and where it sits at the moment, uh, there's probably something in the realm of, once you allow for a few of the Macquarie boys, something in the realm of about 40-odd players who are still in contention, mate. Yeah, that's it, mate. It's going to be tough to try and, you know, well, squeeze minus 17, I guess. And, um, yeah, what we'll, we'll try to do as positionally accurate as possible. I know some of the Newcastle Rugby League team, teams of the week have been a bit um, all over the place. Like, you know, you mentioned Sino before putting in the backs. So he probably has been in there as a team of the week. <laughs> but um, we'll try to make it a bit more accurate for the... Sam man of the year and it's kind of sad it's coming to an end yeah we're not we're not going to be using Harry O'Brien and Fraser Price in the front row or anything too crazy like that we'll try and you know keep forwards the forwards or backs to backs and you know at least similar positions the way they've played there might need to be a little tweak here or there but we'll try and stay as true as we can to it um but uh yeah certainly certainly an interesting one and It'll be uh, interesting to see, mate. And I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this out of your hands because it's uh, not really a stat man category. But I'm gonna appoint a coach of the stats man team of the year, and it's gonna be based <laughs> on the, the the team that has the most players polling. So you, you'll probably have an idea of where that sits at the moment because I know there's a few clubs that have got a number of players polling, but uh, that might come down to the next next couple of weeks. So that's my view on on it, how it is. The most players that have managed to perform across a spread um, probably shows the most broadly talented team and statistically talented team. So that's how we'll appoint the coach of the year. So, And if it's a dead heat, well, we'll, we'll have to announce that. But, yeah, just add another one to it. I'm, I'm sure uh, they, uh, they they probably won't mind either way whether they get it or not, but I just thought it might be a nice little novelty to add to our, our already star-studded lineup that it looks like it'll be. Yeah, that's actually a great idea, mate. For a minute there, I was getting a bit nervous that you were going to say it's going to go off the amount of shirtless interviews they conduct post-match or something and that you're going to have to do some research into that, but I'm glad you said it was no, more sensible. If, if, it was, if it was based on who conducts the most shirtless post-game interviews, Pete Jolly would be the coach of the year, mate. <laughs> oh, we love Pete, mate. He's done great things. Uh, he's probably seen his fair share this year. <laughs> he's, he's, he's seen lots of things that no one should, and uh, yeah, he's up there with uh, Kitty for having had to, you know, buy whether by choice or by requirement uh, of, of their jobs, had to uh, loiter around some showers to grab some guys with a microphone. So, <laughs> no, mate, again, a big thank you to you for another bumper episode and uh, stealing some time away from your uh, your other half and, and now housemate, mate. Congratulations on that. Uh, we'll see how long she's she continues to be patient with the podcast now. <laughs> yeah, well, I reckon I've got it. Um, I've sorted it out well because, you know, all these stats, 
sat hours. We haven't really spent that much time together since she's been here. So when the season finishes, mate, she's going to want to move out after a week. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that, that old chestnut, isn't it? You, you, want, you wonder if it's just the um, pure fact they don't have to put up with us that uh, keeps them around. But uh, look, it's I, I obviously <laughs> think it's our dazzling wit, our, our, our mastery of numbers and uh, real just, you know, detailed rugby league knowledge, you know. Like, why wouldn't a girl want to date, date a man who knows how to find out in, you know, 15 minutes whether or not uh, Sam Matayora and, and Woody Baker have played together for the Cook Islands? <laughs> Mate, I'll tell you what, I don't know about your partner, but mine barely watched a game before we started dating and now she's probably more of an expert than most of my friends. So. <laughs> I don't know whether that says more about her or your friends, but yeah, no, my partner's the same, mate. She gets dragged <laughs> to sporting events all around, as anyone that knows me knows that I've got this ongoing challenge to get to as many as I can, and uh, she got dragged to the AFL on the weekend. She gets dragged to local footy. She's even come a couple of times and watched me commentate, which, you know, that's just taking it to an all-new level, mate. But, uh, hey, they're, they're gems for putting up with us and uh, being patient enough to allow us to spend the time that we do on, on our passions and uh, investing the time into the show. Yeah, 100%, mate. Can't thank them enough. Um, yeah, better halves for a reason, I guess. Yeah, certainly right, mate. And and while we're doing thank yous, again, thank you to Junkyard Skips for all their support this year. And thank you to all the coaching staff because, again, it goes probably unnoticed and, and unaware to a lot of the players, certainly, that it is with the, the good graces of the coaches and the clubs that pay for Josh's services and support him in doing this that they permit us to release these stats and utilise these stats as a, as a you know, tool to put all this together and, and continue to, you know, I guess, plug and, and promote the competition, which is what we're here for. But, yeah, again, it's, it's very much on, on their goodwill and, and we appreciate the fact that they are all uh, so giving of, of the, the data that, I guess, that they own, mate. Yeah, 100%, mate. Really appreciative of all the clubs and coaches that have taken me on over the last two years, obviously doing eight out of the ten now. Really good for you know for the league. I think just to get and obviously the socials to get some numbers and props out for the boys and real thanks to the coaches who you know don't have any issue with it as long as you know the negatives and whatnot trends stay behind closed doors. Um, and yeah, once again, thanks to Junkyard Skips, just fantastic giving us a bit of resources to reward the winning player of Statman of the Year. And just as a close off note, mate, I was just doing some uh, graphics for the week as we were talking and uh, just happened to be on Instagram and you might want to go and see South. Instagram page throwing a bit of shade at um, Keenan there with a I don't know if you've seen is a uh, I want to say celebration more like disgust after one of the South tries it's uh, worth a watch <laughs> well, I'll go and have a peek mate straight away don't you worry about that uh, it's always good when someone's getting into keel so yeah it's um, not not a bad one to have a look at we'll see how, how that goes in a moment but yeah, again, thank you to all those clubs. Thank you to everyone that does tune in and gets involved. And, um, yeah, to those other two clubs, well, if, you're, if your graphics aren't getting done, uh, you need to get into your coaching staff because Josh is already watching all five games. So what's a couple more teams, mate, right? Yeah, what's a couple <laughs> more teams, mate? <laughs> We'd love to have more photographers at the grounds, mate. I'm scrapping for, scrapping for pictures here. Um, if you know a photographer, a cameraman, camera woman, Ask them to go snap a few pics of you at the game and, and get it on socials and we can do some stuff with it. Yeah, on, on that note, actually, mate, and I wasn't going to do this publicly, but I will because the guy is such an absolute champion. I ran into the great Johnny up at, uh, at at the soccer, actually, recently when I was doing some work for Bar TV. Um, and he was uh, a little dirty on you and I that we hadn't got him back on board. Uh, I didn't realise he was still keen to get back around it. So uh, make sure you do check out Johnny's uh, page. It, the name is absolutely escaped me. I know you'll have it on the tip of your tongue, Josh. 
Oh, smart artist. Smart yep. artist. Thank you. That's the one. Uh, smart artist. Check out his stuff. Absolutely phenomenal stuff. And I know he got to some of the Newcastle and Hunter footy on the weekend, the East Maitland game. Uh, he's an absolute gun, and uh, we'll, we'll be loving to have him involved again next year. Uh, he does a lot of stuff for the pickers as well. Um, I know Josh shared that photo from uh, the minor premiership uh, of one of the boys getting across for a try. But, yeah, hats off to him. And, and and my deepest and sincerest apologies that we didn't get him involved this year. I know you'll probably share the same, knowing that he was keen and that we missed him, mate. Yeah, that's a shame, mate. Um, yeah, I wasn't involved with any of those discussions, but uh, it's good to know that he's still keen and, and maybe with the boys at junk, Junkyard, they can combine together and make next year's pot even juicier for the winner. Maybe even... You know, a little incentive for maybe more members of the team of the year if we continue with that. So, um, yeah, really appreciate him for joining last season and, and Junkyard skips the boys this season. Certainly, mate. All those businesses that do support us, and there's a good handful of them. But, um, yeah, Junkyard leading the way this year and uh, Johnny, again, the first to get on board last year. So, big thanks to all of them. Big thanks to you, mate. I'm going to let you get back to your Monday evening and, and tuck in. It's nearly time for bed before we go and roll out and uh, roll into another week, mate. You've got another game tomorrow night. Yeah, mate, it doesn't stop. I should probably do some of my nine-to-five job tomorrow beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit like that. Well, thank you, Josh, and uh, look forward to talking footy with you next week and revealing our Junkyard Skips Stats Man of the Year. <clears throat> All right, after our penultimate round of Stats Man's Performers of the Week. We are now digging further into the Denton Engineering Cup and it's time to head over to the lovely sunny beaches of Merriweather, catch up with the captain of the South Newcastle Lions and he's a bit of a stalwart there after some time at uh, Macquarie earlier in his career, none other than Brendan Simpson. Simo, welcome uh, to Lee Castle, mate. Long time coming. Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, you call me a stalwart. I think I'll just call myself old, to be honest. (laughs) Mate, there's, there's, a, there's a few of you where I try and be, uh, you know, a little bit more uh, politically correct. Mostly the ones that are a little bit bigger than me, or you know, that I can't outrun. Actually, that probably sums up most, most players. So that probably limits me a bit. I reckon you'd outrun me, mate. Yeah, I might outrun you, but you're a little bit bigger than me, mate. And uh, <laughs> mate, so I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have known you for quite some time. Back to you know, I remember refereeing you when you were in your, your Reggie's days over at Macquarie before you headed to South, where you where you've really made a home for yourself. And mate. You're certainly a fixture of the Newcastle Rugby League community and, it, and it's something that I know that you value as well, being out there at South. Yeah, well, it was a bloody strong comp. So to even make first grade, obviously, is a pretty um, bit of an achievement. Um, back in the, yeah, remember back in the days at the Scorps and in and out of first grade a fair bit. They had a pretty strong pack, so I would have been lucky to break that. But um, yeah, went on to South and um, lucky enough to be given a crack pretty much from round one and tried my best to take a hold of that, really. Well, you certainly made it your own, mate. Uh, you're a fixture in that front row now and, and a fairly experienced front row you've got. But uh, to have that C next to your name, especially when you've got some of the players, you know, of the calibre that you do in that side, you know, obviously um, some of the guys that are, you know, at the back, uh, or in the back, sorry, like, you know, Ryan Glanville backs forwards for him. Uh, obviously Frank Paul as well and some of those other guys that have been around the club for quite some time, mate. That must, must be, you know, nice when you sort of have a look at that sometimes to think that you're leading that sort of experienced side. Yeah, and then with all that experience, like I've pretty much, um, I've been pretty lucky to see most of those guys come through and debut as well. So guys like Jared Flanagan, he sort of doesn't get the raps he deserves, and Louis Hamilton, who's probably um one of the most underrated players in the comp, in my opinion. Um, they're all leaders in their own right, and RG's got the C next to his name as well, and runs us out every week. So um, I think South are in pretty safe hands, to be honest, mate. 
Yeah, mate, certainly are. There's a good future there. And we're talking about it just before, mate, um, obviously the pathway, and we'll touch on the 19s and the Reggies and, um, you know, well, some, some of the guys in the, in the A-grader pathway, some of them like Sandbar and Bikes are maybe the other side of the pathway. But, um, mate, we saw, saw some of the boys coming through and starting to make their deb- debut this season and culminating with another couple last weekend, you were saying. Yeah, so we had young um, Tomo and Matty Hughes make their debut on the weekend. Uh, they have never trained with us. Some pretty um, late injuries, and Carlin Pettit getting his track up in New South Wales Cup as well. So uh, we trained Thursday night, and they weren't part of our squad, so they got chucked in last minute. Um, Tomo straight into, into halfback, into first grade, so uh, he did a pretty good job. And Matt Hughes, he definitely didn't take a backward step. He's a big boy for an 18-year-old, so... Um, they're doing well, and then we've got guys like Hunter Saunders who's joined the club as well. Um, yeah, you can just see how strong that 19 side is and how much potential there is in Reggie with all those guys pushing up into first grade. Yeah, certainly, mate. Certainly seeing plenty of them come through, mate. But even with the depth of the club, mate, that doesn't hasn't stopped you, mate. Not only uh, you know be, being a, a, a face for the club, but uh, re- recruiting family members as well, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, um, he, he told me yesterday I've still, still scored more tries than him this year. So um, if I can finish the season off ahead of him, that'll be a win for me. Yeah, mate, of course, talking about Angus Ernst joining the club, who um, obviously you've brought in through your lovely other half who uh, recently joined alongside yourself, the Parenthood Club, mate, and we are just talking off air. Uh, you, you're, you're quite a busy man at the moment, juggling all, all three roles, football, um, obviously the day job, and the most important being a dad now. Yeah, there's been a few nights I haven't made the training, but um, like I said, a bit of a everyone tells you how busy you're going to be, and you don't really know until you actually sort of knee deep in it. And um, yeah, but loving it. Um, and Angus is doing a pretty good job as an uncle too. So um, yeah, probably better job as an uncle than he's a halfback some days. <laughs> I like it, mate. Certainly, if he's trailing a front row in the try scoring stakes, but I'm sure he'll tell you that he's probably provided more than you have. So. Uh, that might be a, an interesting battle. So I know Josh, our stats man, was all about you the other week, mate. When you when you were racking up the meat pies, the meters, and all those other stats, I think it might have been against Wyong. So against Wyong, yeah, I think I um I think I got a bit lucky that day. To be honest, it's probably um had to be playing a Wyong side that definitely didn't play at their strength, and a couple of guys gifted me tries as well. So <laughs> made me look better than I was, I think. Mate, in, ter- in terms of results, um, it's been a bit of a, an up-and-down run, but it would have been very sweet to, to chalk that win last weekend, the, the second-last game of the regular season, and really lock in a finals berth against the old rivals Westover at their home ground at Harker, 34-16. Yeah, we needed that too, mate. We lost four in a row leading to that, and um, that pretty much hampered our... I think we were sitting second or third at the time, and um, yeah, losing four in a row. Luckily, we're still sitting in the finals, but we needed a win against West, and um, sort of one of those seasons if guys like West and Wyong and the entrance there um, and Lakes as well they might not make the finals but probably deserving to they're good sides West have got a lot of talent on their side and um, just shows how strong the comps has been this year I suppose Yeah certainly certainly is plenty of talent especially in those outside backs at West we've seen um, obviously Hayden Lockery come through and really make that fullback position his own and I mean we talked about Pre, pre-show mate Stevie Witters and Corey Dennis out there as well as well as some of the guys that are the experience of that four pack with Matty Herman it's hard to believe that you know they're likely well they will um, barring winning their last two games that they'll finish well at best eighth and at worst ninth on the ladder yeah yeah it's bloody strong um, but Curry's had a tough year they've got a good chance to blood a lot of young guys though and Mitchie Cullen's um, still doing Mitchie Cullen stuff but um, yeah West I can't believe that they've They've sat as low as they are with the amount of talent they've got. Just just shows how strong it is. Um, you just you don't know what team you're playing each week. 
really just comes down to how people turn up. Certainly does, mate. And we, we head into what is the last round, but it's, I think, round 15 from memory, the catch-up games of the, the whole washout round that we'll play this week. We've also got a catch-up game tomorrow night. We're recording this on Monday, Tuesday, which will be uh, your old side, Macquarie, taking on West. That's, that game, firstly, mate, will have a, a big bearing on the makeup of, of where everyone finishes because a win there for Macquarie over West, which you'd think they'd head in as slightly warm favourites, uh, would see them leapfrog Cessnock heading into that final round of matches. Yeah, and that'll get them from fourth to third, I think, too. So um, I think that's right, which makes a big difference. It gets you that extra extra chance in the finals, which is really important. It's pretty hard to come back from fourth and fifth. You have to win your whole way through the finals. So, um, yeah, they'll be definitely turn up their best against West. They certainly will. It'll be an interesting one. And, and then, you know, it doesn't get any easier for them when they head into their, their late Macquarie rivalry. As you said, all the sides will be up for it. But let's have a bit of a run through the final round, mate. Or, or first of all, before we do jump to that, uh, is, are you leaning to your old club there against West, uh, or, or are you going to go for uh, the inner city rivals, mate? Who do you think is going to get the two points on Tuesday night? I think it'll be Macquarie, mate. They're a bloody strong side, and um, West, will, West will turn up hard. But, um, yeah, Macquarie, they've just got so much depth and so much talent on their side there, and they're playing really well as a team as well. Yeah, Kitty will certainly have them up for it, and he'll know that a win there will put their destiny in terms of that double bite at the cherry in their own hands. But let's turn to round 15, which is our final round heading into the finals. The, the things we know at the moment, uh, Maitland will finish first, Central will finish second. Third, fourth and fifth yes. are up for grabs. Realistically, mathematically, you guys are, are pretty much pinned to, at best, fourth spot and, and likely fifth spot, depending on other results, mate. But at least you're in the finals and, and you know, it's your own destiny from there. Yeah, it's good to be locked in, mate. Like, um, like I said, those last few weeks of losses... Um, Probably made us a bit more scared than we should have been if we look back at sort of um, early July. But um, yeah, it's good good to be safe, and um, yeah, Curry won't be easy out there. No, they certainly won't, mate. Let's let's kick off Friday night. This one's an interesting one. Obviously, as we said, Central locked into second, so it'll be interesting to see what Phil Williams does here. The visiting entrance side, we saw them play out a, a pretty exciting draw with Lakes last weekend, and. Look, they can throw caution to the wind. The Tigers, they've got a fairly talented side at their best, as you guys know. Um, you would think that, that they'd love to go out and, and spoil Central's run to the finals, but Phil will undoubtedly, while he'll be looking towards the finals and week one of the finals, he'll also have a bit of an eye on wanting to go in with some winning form, you'd think. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Central do with some of their um, bigger forwards. They've had a big season. They've been um, pretty tough for them. Um, but whether Phil just maybe thinks he'll just rest them coming into the finals. Um, Entrance has got a pretty big side as well, and they've got some really zippy uh, halfbacks and fullbacks. So, yeah, that'll be an interesting game. A lot of, a lot of talent on show. Certainly will. You'd have to think Central, as I said, will, will probably he- head into that as favourites, but it's just so hard. Some of these sides, sort of the bottom five sides that have got nothing to lose, they can you know, they can throw absolutely everything at it, including the kitchen sink, knowing that they've got uh, Mad Monday to come. Uh, but it'll be an interesting piece and, uh, again, nothing to lose. So you could see them come out and absolutely rattle some cages or you could see them just blow out if um, if the game starts to get away from them. Yeah, I think the entrance has got some of those guys that could really start to, you know, do the chips and chip, chip and chase and a few inside balls and um, all that sort of fancy stuff that I don't like. So they might throw anything at them. Yeah, th- th- things that don't don't come into a, uh, a front rowers, uh, you know, m- maybe in the training touch games, those things come in for the front rowers playbook, but not not on it, not in the game. Yeah, it doesn't matter how much I tell Bobcat on my half back, he doesn't listen. Yeah, and, that, and that's that's how front rowers like Sambo find themselves in A grade, isn't it, mate? Uh, chipping and chasing yeah. too often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the great man, the king of the culture out there at South Newcastle. I hear Dwayne Sampson. He likes to. Uh, he's, he's the social butterfly. Yeah, he's very very big on um, social events and 
getting around talking with the boys. He's not very big on Tuesday night training. No, well, uh, a lot of that self-explanatory. And we'll touch on your lower grades before we do wrap up, mate. But we'll keep moving through the, the Denton round uh, ahead. Uh, the next one, it's the, it's the Lake Macquarie Derby. As we said, if Macquarie do win uh, in the midweek game, they'll have their destiny in their own hands, but they'll still want to make sure they win this one as well. And undoubtedly, you know, there's some nice crossover. You've got Robbie Payne, who used to coach Lakes, his Macquarie assistant coach. You've got uh, Abe's, who used to play at Macquarie, who's the assistant coach at Lakes. There's some rivalry as well. It's a, it's the cross the lake battle. So Lakes will be up for this again, wanting to be spoilers at Carl and get that last win. But uh, Macquarie will be looking to head in as, uh, into the finals and make sure they get a double bite at the cherry. Yeah, I think I saw today that um, looks like it's Sean Boss's last game for Lakes as well. So I'm sure the boy is a bit of a um, leader down there. So I'm sure they'll be up for him. Um, Lakes, another one of those teams, they gave, gave us a pretty good touch up the other week up at Raymond Terrace. So they could turn anything on, really. Um, I think Macquarie will go in the favourites, but who knows what will come out of that game. Yeah, certainly some, some talented players that probably fly under the radar in both sides, get through a lot of work. The likes of, you know, your Matt Moons at Macquarie, Dan Pecks at Lakes. And you talked about the young guys coming through at your club. Again, Lakes, a stacked 19 side. They sit top of the ladder and uh, they, they've really pushed through a lot of the young guys, you know, um, a few of their young halves and, and even some of the young forwards coming through that squad, uh, making debuts and different things across the, uh, the last few weeks or the last month. And great to see. Um, that happening, the more clubs that have got these young guys debuting, the better it is for the future of the competition, staying as competitive as it is. Yeah, that's right. And then you've got guys like Dan Peck, who um, I don't know how old he is exactly, but he's, he hasn't been around for 10 years. He's only been around for a few years. And he's a real leader at that club. So He certainly is, mate. Um, and the, for a man who there's not much of him, certainly knows how to chop, chop some big units down. I'm sure you've been chopped around the bootlaces by him a couple of times in yeah. his career already. Yeah, I'd rather go with Bossy than him. <laughs> No worries. Anyway, let's, let's have a look at the, the big game on uh, Saturday, apart from your own game, of course. This one, really give a, uh, a snapshot towards the finals. It's the sides that sit first and third currently. Again, we'll know a little bit more heading into this, but Cessnock will have everything to gain by trying to get a win here, uh, potentially still have third place at their disposal. Maitland are already the minor premiers. It'll be interesting to see the mind games that the, uh, the super tactician in Matty Lantry uh, plays here, You know whether he rests bodies again heading into the finals, knowing again that they'll have the next week off, so they'll still want to have some momentum. And I know Matty just doesn't like to lose, and, and it's a rivalry game at the best of times, this one. Yeah, that's going to be a hell of a game, mate. Um, yeah, really interesting to see what Matty Lantry does there because you've got guys like Tim Anderson and Butts and James Taylor, who their, their bodies are probably going to need a rest going into finals. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who he plays and um, how the game plays out because Cessnock, again, they're going to want some momentum going into the finals. And I think they um, they probably want to lock in third as well. Yeah, they're certainly hit, hitting a little bit of an all right patch at the moment too. And, you know, they start a little bit slower, probably probably the reverse of your season, mate. Um, it took a little while for Harry to, to really get his troops gelled down on, on who was the best in what positions. But some of the, the pickups that they've introduced this year, um, obviously, Peter Godinay with his experience and, and uh, Sam Clune coming in have been two very handy additions along with Harry himself. Yeah, and then just seeing the way they use their big boys as well. Um, they might not play the massive minutes, but they're coming off the bench and really making impact. Just just seeing the way they've... You, you could see early on they were a lot of new faces in the side and Harry probably still getting to know everyone, but um, yeah, they touched, up us, <laughs> touched us up at home and um, geez, they were good that day. Yeah, they certainly are. And, and I know there's a man there, Sam Matayora, who's got a fair highlight reel of uh, sneaking up in people's blind spots and uh, letting them know where he's letting him know that he's appeared. He, he can move all right for a big unit, Big Sam, considering he's probably uh, on the uh, more veteran or stalwart side of the age gap as well. 
Yeah, and I, I don't know how he sneaks up on people. He's a big man. <laughs> he certainly is. Certainly is. Uh, let's have a look at your game as well, mate. Uh, heading up to Curry, as you said, you know, and we talked about it, these sides have got nothing to lose. And, you know, Mitch Cullen, I'm sure, would love to finish his season with a win. Um, you can never underestimate a side that's got Cull in it, mate, um, and, and you'd know that all too well. Yeah, he's um, he's a tough competitor, mate. And I think even um, I, I think his body's not the best nick at the moment. I think he's been battling a few through a few injuries to get them through the season. But um, like I think last round out there be their last game for the season. I wouldn't be surprised if he turns on a few. Um, probably puts on a couple of shots as well. I'd say. Um, yeah, they're they're another side. Like they've had a tough season, but I think overall they've probably got a bit more talent on their side than what we realise and. Um, if they can make a few more signings next year, they're going to be they're going to be a good side in the future. Yeah, they had a bit of a rough run. Some of the really talented players like White and some of those guys that they brought in, they just haven't been able to get on the field for the full season. And there's been a lot of chopping and changing. And as you'd know from your experience, mate, not only having players out, like your top tier players out, but just not having that consistency, especially through the spine and those sorts of places, makes it really challenging to, to make any sort of run. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's um, impacted us the last few weeks. We've had the shuffle guys around a lot and it makes it really hard but um, when you can sort of get a look at Maitland for example they, they had a few injuries but overall they keep their side most of the same week in week out and they um, and it shows and you can see how crisp they are with everything they do but yeah Curry um, Curry at Curry last round of the game last round of the year mate, that's going to be a tough game um, we definitely need to win get a bit of momentum leading to the finals but um, it's not going to come easy out there no, it certainly won't, mate. You'll have your work cut out and it'll be a good challenge heading into the finals. The final game of the season, uh, of the round, sorry, this one's always an interesting one. In any other season, this would probably be, you know, in seasons gone past, certainly from my experience when both sides have been in that competition, this would normally be first versus fourth or second versus fifth. Wyong hosting West down at Morrie Breen Oval. Unfortunately, neither side will be going into the finals. Uh, but you have to think that both Mitch and Todd will have their sides well and truly up for this to finish the season with a win and, and you know, carry some momentum. It sounds like a strange thing knowing that, you know, their next game will, will likely be sort of seven months down the track. But, um, it, yeah, it's certainly a piece where it does carry through, doesn't it? If you can finish the season with a good result, it gets blokes keener when pre-season starts in a few months' time and all those sorts of things rather than finishing with a few losses. Yeah, definitely. You'd rather, um, if you're not going to make the finals, you'd rather at least be winning into the finals than losing um, to try and set yourself up for the next year. You're more likely to re-sign some guys, all that sort of stuff. Bloody, um, pretty weird to think that we'd see Wyong versus West in a, in a dead rubber in the last round of the year. Um, you think back to when they were the powerhouses. Um, they've obviously still got all the talent there. It's just been one of those seasons, I suppose. It certainly has. Uh, both sides certainly not lacking in talent. Um, as you said, both, you know, probably at either end of the spectrum, why on quite a number of experienced players where they've missed chunks of games. Obviously, Terence, Steve Gordon, those sorts of guys. I know Mitch has missed a couple of games himself, whereas West obviously got quite a young crop bolstering their side up and just settling into what their, I guess, their best 17 has been. It was a, probably a challenge for the first half of the season, and we saw that before they really got going. Um, so we hope that they can keep some consistency for next year because we like to see it. I'm, I'm sure you'd like to see South at the top all the time, but we do like to see for the consistency of the competition that, that it does go round and about, mate, in terms of you know teams taking their turn as, as West and Wong are doing now down in the lower end while others surge their way to the top. Yeah, definitely. And um, Wong, they did it last year. I oh, know Wong, sorry. West, they did that last year as well. They came in, came in so strong that second half of the season. I think they would have made the finals if, um, if COVID didn't get in the way. Um, they've got a really good young crop of guys and you can see they're, they're gelling pretty well as well. So I think they'll be a side in the future. Yeah, I think you're exactly right, mate. Uh, let's, before I let you go, mate, we'll have a quick look at your other teams because they head into their final games of the season as well this weekend. And 
things are looking pretty good. We'll start with with you. We'll, we'll start at uh, what I call bottom up. We'll start with the A grade side, mate. Sambo and his boys down there. They're sitting in third. Fortunately for them, it's a uh, it is a five team competition, so everyone will make the finals. But they'll get a second bite at the cherry. They do have a final game against Dudley this weekend to uh, try and get some momentum up against the side sitting fifth. So they'll face up against uh, Dudley this weekend and then head into a. Uh, a double bite at the Cherry Game against the Woodbury side that stacks names like Mark Tafua and Larry Tafua, mate. So I'm sure you've come up against Mark in his West days. Uh, even at their their uh, more experienced age, they're not two blokes you want to be running into. Yeah, I'm sure Mark Tafua is still pretty scary, mate. When he was um, back in the day, when he was at West, when he first came back, he's probably the most scary person I've played in the rugby league. But um, yeah, t- two sides in that comp, um, Shortland and Dora Creek, mate. That's that's two two sides you could probably give. Um, for some first grade tried to shake up. Um, if they don't beat you, they'll probably hurt you. So. Yeah, there's certainly some physical sides. And as you say, Mark Tafura is a scary man. It's scary when you look over his shoulder. If you do get do manage to not get cleaned up and look at his brother Larry, he's even bigger again. So uh, the boys will have their yeah, work I cut think out. He's angrier too. Yeah, he, he's a little bit angrier. So uh, the boys will have their work cut out in that competition. Dora, as you said, and would be both very strong, mate. But let's move on and we'll talk the Reggies and the 90s. The Reggies, they're sitting in six at the moment, mate. But uh, the good fortune of the way the uh, draw pans out is they know if they have a, a decent win against a Curry side that's battled for form this weekend, they can leapfrog Lakes because Lakes have the bye. So uh, I'm sure your boys in, in Reggies will be up for that. And as you talked about before, plenty of talent in that reserve grade side. So it gives you a snapshot of how deep that Reggies competition is. Yeah, they've um, they've probably been a real tough victim of our injuries in first grade as well. And not just injuries, but um, the, the form from some guys in reserve grade getting pushed up into first grade, um, robbing a fair few of their guys over the season. So, as we were saying before, getting a consistent side on the field makes it a lot easier. But it just shows that um, how much talent there is in that side. And some guys who are probably playing better than you would have expected to at the start of the year, but playing some great footy as a side. Yeah, certainly it's, it's a bit of a challenging thing being a reserve grade side. Sometimes you start playing well, the, the good players get picked off by first grade, especially if first grade's you know, got some injuries or some guys that might have a lull in form and there's, you know, it's a bit of a mixed bag. But as I said, good, good to see that they have got that opportunity. Their destiny's a little bit in their own hands. They just need to win, I think. They need to win by four or five tries and, and that'll sneak them in in front of Lake. So it'll be, uh, they might have the abacus out on the sideline as uh, that game goes late uh, on, uh, on Saturday, mate. But... That we'll leave that to the backs. I think that's more their go than front rowers, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, mate. I don't think front rowers will do much count, uh, try counting on the field. No, certainly not, mate. And before we go, we'll wrap it up with your 19s. They're, they're probably the uh, most informed side in your club at the moment. Uh, they sit second behind Lakes. As we said, Lakes will, will have the bye. So um, heading into these final rounds, it, it's certainly going to be a, uh, a situation where Lakes with those, those two bonus points will... We'll get a bit of a, a leap leap on your guys. Um, so your guys will finish second, um, allowing they get a win over the winless Curry this weekend, which you'd expect. And that'll more than likely shape up a, a uh, first semi-final match against West. So the boys will be looking forward to getting some wins on the board. And they got a good win against West last weekend. So they'll head in fairly confident into that finals campaign, thinking that they can do some damage with the talent they've got. Yeah, mate, that, um, that under-19 side, there's so much talent there and, um also a lot of heart, like they, they gave West a bit of a um, touch-up on the weekend, but they played, I'm pretty sure they played most of that game with either 12 or definitely 13, they had no one on the bench when I was watching, so, um, and then again, we've robbed two of their best players up to first grade, and there's a few guys who have been uh, backing up week in, week out, to sit on the bench for first grade, or even sit on the bench for reserve grade, so, um, while there's a lot of talent getting around that side, there's a lot of toughness and a lot of heart as well, so, pretty proud to see those guys coming through. 
Yeah, it's great to see, mate. And it's great, uh, I guess, a great reflection on the culture of the club that these guys keep turning up. And even with 13 players, as you say, or 12 players at the end of the game up against another top three side can can hang on. Well, not only hang on, but they, they end up winning by a reasonably comfortable margin there against West. So bodes well for the semis. Good luck to all your sides, mate. It'd be great, if, the, obviously, for the South Club if Reggie's can get that win by the right margin and all, all sides can make the finals because it'd obviously be a, a big couple of weeks as you head into the finals. But good luck mostly and firstly to yourself and the first grade boys, mate, but to the whole club as you head into finals. And, and we look forward to talking to the boys from the Lions later in the season as you're uh, undoubtedly sending a couple of sides deep towards grand final territory. Yeah, too easy, mate. Thanks for that. Thanks for the call. And, um, yeah, hopefully you see us uh, getting right through in the next five weeks. Something a little bit different this week. We're going to kick off our Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League competition with a bit of a, a peek into the women's tackle A grade before we head into the last catch-up games of the season and then the finals. The uh, finals race is almost decided in the women's tackle A grade and we're fortunate enough to be joined by the captain of one of the final bounds sides. She's no stranger to League Castle. She's been on a couple of times already. Tani Milgate, uh, the captain of Central Newcastle Butcher Boys. Welcome back to League Castle. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me again. No worries at all. We didn't manage to get you on. No, we didn't have the uh, the Bachelor of the Year for your judging again this year. Apparently, we've been told that that's uh, a bit of a redundant process and phase for us. You know, it's uh, not in keeping with the, the modern society. So now we just have to actually get into the nuts and bolts of some real footy, which the women's tackle certainly heating up and growing as a competition. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely booming the last couple of years, and it's it's so good to see you know a clear pathway. Um, for women to play rugby league now, and especially in the in Newcastle. Yeah, and certainly, obviously, we're seeing a bigger presence for the Knights in the NRLW. Is obviously, and the competition is going to expand as well. So, being one of the stronger tackle competitions, you know, in terms of a regional area, it's certainly, I guess, a chance with the Knights and other teams starting to look um, an opportunity for girls to be in the spotlight too. Yeah, I think um, you know the the A grade comp that we currently have in Newcastle is. It's a good one because there's so much talent around um, Newcastle and the Hunter um, that the Knights can scout from. Yeah, it gives them a great opportunity. Obviously, they've brought in some some big names this season, but uh, undoubtedly we'll start to see some of these, especially the, the young guns of the uh, women's tackle competition. And there's some junior ages too coming through in the 17s, 15s and 13s. We'll start to see some of those girls uh, filter through into not only the Knights, but as I said, uh, a number of these teams. Uh, it's a really good uh, I guess, numbers getting through the women's tackle and, and it's great to see from something that well, was almost non-existent, you know, half a dozen years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, it's a very competitive uh, female sport now um, and there's so much talent around just just seeing the, the junior league and then um, the junior reps and um, local A grade and B grade. It's, yeah, there's some really good talent coming through. Yeah, it's great to see. I, I was involved in uh, my little refereeing comeback that plenty of our listeners know about the other week and uh, was involved in one of the B-grade games and even seeing the standard that that's gone to versus some of the A-grade games that I would have seen, you know, sort of three, four years ago. Uh, the yep. standard of that B-grade competition is probably surpassed what that A-grade competition was a few years ago. So the depth is, is huge now and, and certainly the fact that we've got uh, 13 teams in senior women's tackle before we get into the league tag for the women as well, which is that mm-hmm. obviously that progression is just it's just phenomenal to see the numbers of girls able to compete at a senior level. Yeah, that's it. It's very exciting. 
Certainly is, but let's, let's get into and pull apart the A grade a little bit. Um, Central have been there and thereabouts and would have been very disappointed <laughs> last year uh, when the competition got nipped in the bud because I know you certainly fancied yourselves as a, as a real chance to take out that title. Uh, but with the increase in the, in the competition this year, uh, it's certainly going to be a, a fairly hot finals race, realistically, probably between those top three to four sides. Mm, look, I think um, anyone in the A-grade competition can win, can take out the comp. Um, look, we got Macquarie, who are currently first, and I think they would have taken out the minor premiership. Yep. Um, they've come out of nowhere, and last year they were always really competitive, and they would it'd always be a close game against them. But this year they've gelled together as a team, and they've recruited a few um, big girls in the middle and um, West, they're the same. They're just always a strong team and one of our rivals and we always enjoy playing against them. And then we've got Berkeley Vale who have been um, the premiers um, of the, the A-grade comp for many years and um, we've actually given a bit of competition uh, for Berkeley the last couple of years. Um, so, yeah, it's been really good. Yeah, that's it's certainly interesting to see, as you say, that sort of, I guess, evolution of the competition. It was sort of Berkeley Vale were the original, I guess, pace setters, trend setters. They had that representation at higher levels then entered our competition. Um, mm. Yourselves at Central sort of developed over the last couple of years uh, where you've been fortunate to have, I guess, probably the leadership of some people like Beck Young and those guys involved mm. in the club. West were not far behind. They managed to pick up some players who've now left them and gone on to different things such as, you know, uh, the likes of Ashley Harvey and those guys who went on to play in the um, Queensland Cup women's. Um, and then, as you say, Macquarie have recruited well, built up a team, but not to go um, without sort of notice to Wyong and Karua. They've sort of made their way up. Mm. Karua in the B grade last year, I think, and, and Wyong joining the competition. On their day, they've, they've rattled some sides as well. Yeah, Karua are currently at the bottom, but, um, you know, when they're playing their best game, they could beat any team. Like we, we played them once and um, we had two washout games against them and then um, we played them once and we only beat them for, by two points. Um, and they've only had pretty close losses over the last few weeks in this season. So, you know, they're one of those teams that could um, make their way into the finals this weekend, depending results. Um, and, yeah, really rattle the competition, the final series. Yeah, they'll, they'll be actively watching your game against Wyong because um, if you mm. guys get a comfortable victory, it could be enough on for and against to see them sneak in. So there's some interesting permutations to play out for some of those mm. sides down the ladder. But as you said, Macquarie, they're going to get to rest up. They've got the good fortune over the sides that sit out of the top five that they've got no catch-up games to play. So they'll get the rest weekend this weekend. As you said, they're the minor premiers. They're three points in front of you, uh, in front of West, mm. sorry, and five points in front of you. So... Um, they're set there in first. The way the ladder sits, West's on 20 competition points, yourselves on 18. Both have games this weekend um, against mm-hmm. sides that sit below you on the ladder, but irrespective, um, as we talked about off-air, you're going to finish second and third no matter what the combination is. Likely they'll fi- finish just above you on the ladder. Um, but that's something you talked about before, the rivalry. You'll be looking forward to, obviously, your focus will be firmly undoubtedly on this weekend, but week one of the finals, not only to play finals footy, but to come up against sort of your big rivals in, in West. Yeah, every time we've played West this year, it's always been a very close game. I remember our first game of the season, um, we started our game with 13 players um, and five minutes in, we were down to 11. Um, we had two girls that had a head clash, um, so they were off with concussion. and um, So we played the, the whole game with 11 players and only ended up losing by 10 to them. Um which was pretty good considering we're down by two. Um, and then we played them again 
and then they were a bit low on numbers. I think they had one reserve and then finished with 13 and we end up, um, I think, beating them by, by 20. And then just previously, in the last couple of weeks, we had a 10-all draw with them. It was the most physical game I've ever played. <laughs> yeah, I, I do remember seeing you post something on social media saying that. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, certainly... Uh, as you say, you know, the fact that you split results, a little bit of, you know, mm-hmm. light numbers for both. And then when, when you started yep. to get close to the full complement, nothing separating you both. Yeah. C- certainly yep. going to put some pressure on um, the likes of yourself, uh, making sure you're sharp off that tee uh, when it comes around to finals. I'll tell you what, it's um, a lot of pressure to be the goal kicker. And um, as you can see, in, even in the NRL, um, you know, goal kicks are very crucial. Um, so hopefully my team will score under the post for me. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You need, need, him, need him scoring through the middle. And uh, yeah. on, on that note, I just wanted to ask you, you you're obviously uh, looking at the numbers. It looks like you're likely going to hand over the uh, leading point scorer title that you, that you took out uh, in the last completed season. So, uh, yeah, okay. looks like Candace Clay from uh, Macquarie's got the uh, her nose in front there. So nice to see a little bit of a, a, a turning of it, but it might be uh, a bit bittersweet. Uh, I know you'd probably like to have it again and probably haven't had as accurate a season as you did the last one. Yeah, yeah. Candace um, is a very good goal kicker, and she scored quite a few tries. So, um, you know, good on her. And um, I'll just have to um, maybe score some more points, more tries, and um, kick some more goals moving forward <laughs> next yeah. season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> T- talking about tries, is it is this something? I, I know it's a it's a big tradition in the men's game about you know there's always a bit of an end of season tradition around if you don't get a try. Is there is there something tied to that with the women's game? And have you got off your duck yet this year? Uh, yes, there is something. There's the same thing in women's, maybe not as crazy as the boys, but um, yes, there is the the older nudie run. Um, if you don't score a try, and I'm currently on that list. <laughs> oh, look, look at look out uh, in the last catch up game and, and across the finals that yeah. Tani will be hunting out for the line. I, I wouldn't like to be your <laughs> winger. You might might get a little bit greedy if there's an opportunity presents. Might have to do a, a bit of a selfie there. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. But um, no, obviously, as we say, uh, what when we look at the finals ahead, obviously it looks like the way it sits at the moment. Berkeley Vale will play either Wyong or Carrell week one, so we could have that little Central Coast derby as well. Mm-hmm. We talked about it before. They're, they've been one of the powerhouses. Is it just that everyone's sort of caught up to them or is it that some of their players have aged? What's been the difference from Berkeley from what you've seen this year? Um, I think um, because the competition has expanded, it's just given the, like the local girls a lot more. Um, oh, I don't know. I, I think um, the girls from different, competition, um, from different teams have caught up with the ability of the um, Berkeley Vale girls, but um, I think there's also been a lot of players out there that haven't played before, but are natural athletes. So yeah. as soon as they signed up um, to whatever team they played for, they just become instant superstars. And um, I think Berkeley Bay will have lost a few of their players to, you know, representative representative teams like um, Central Coast Roosters and the Sydney Roosters. So um, it's been hard for them um, over the last couple of years, but. Um, yeah, it's good to have a bit more competition in the competition itself. So, so, certainly the challenge of success, isn't it? Especially as the, the top tier grows, it's obviously a challenge that men's don't really have. I mean, obviously Redcliffe mm. coming in at that real top level, but we don't tend to see the New South Wales Cup and those sorts of competitions greatly expand. Teams come and go, but for no. the evolution and expansion of the women's game, we're going to see you know the successful teams are probably going to come under more scrutiny and 
it'll be interesting yep. to see. And again, I think the evolution too on the coast sides, Berkeley Vale for a long time were the only team. Then we saw Tukley and now we've got Budgiewoy and Wyong also joining in. So probably seeing mm-hmm. some dispersing of talent, I guess, too. Um, some of those other teams as well and even Dora Creek down that way. Uh, so yeah, that's right. It's been a bit of an evolution, but uh, certainly, as we said, this weekend, Friday night, a great opportunity, first of all. Sell us, mm-hmm. sell us on the reason everyone needs to head down to St. John for the double header. Oh, well, um, what a way to spend your Friday night uh, watching the females um, at Central Newcastle versus Wyong um, in a bit of a do-or-die clash for Wyong and then uh, followed by first grade who are currently um, in fine form and they're playing um, the entrance. So um, what, a, what a great way to spend your Friday night at, down at St. John. Certainly is two two big games. Obviously, the the boys mm. need needing to keep winning to make sure they they claim second spot rather than third. And uh, mm. on top of that, you, your girls uh, will want to get into the finals on a winning run. While Wong will want to make sure that uh, they either get a win to head into the finals or at least mitigate the uh, the flow of points your way enough to make sure they do head into finals. So both games with yeah. plenty of meaning. Uh, so we look yep. forward to uh, both of those, as you said, uh, on Friday night. But the other one to watch and. It's, it's a long time in coming. This one rescheduled from way back in round one uh, on mm. Sunday. And this one will be uh, down on the Central Coast. It'll be Berkeley Vale taking on Wes. And uh, it'll be on Sunday at uh, Ted Doyle Oval, which is the Berkeley Vale home ground. How do you see this mm-hmm. one shaping up? Obviously, as, as we know, West can only finish second or third. Do you think they're likely to rest players or will they be uh, more looking to, to get that momentum heading into finals, do you think? I think they need that momentum. Um, like West had a really good win against um, Macquarie over the weekend. Um, and I think West were actually pretty under strength on the weekend. But um, I think it's important that West do um, continue to keep their strongest team on the path moving into the finals. And, um, you know, Berkeley Vale are hard to beat at home. Um, so they, they won't make it easy for West. No, they certainly won't, and both sides will be looking for that momentum as we talk about, but uh, certainly want to wish you guys the best of luck. Hopefully, you're going deep into the finals. Hopefully, for your sake, you can get across that stripe and avoid the dreaded nudie run. I'm sure there's a few of you <laughs> still on that. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, all the best for the finals. I think the, the women's tackle, it's probably going to be, you know, it tends to be a little bit of an underrated competition, but certainly the standard has drastically increased in recent years, and I encourage anyone that gets an opportunity yep. either this weekend or across the finals to go and check it out. Cheer on your side. There's a great spread, as we said, 13 teams across the two grades and, and plenty of good footy ahead of us as we head towards those mid-September grand finals in both grades. Absolutely. The final series is going to be uh, red hot, I think. Well, thank you again thank for you your time, that. Tani. Good luck, and uh, we look forward to hopefully chatting with uh, you and your team closer to the grand final dates. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me. All right, a big thanks to Tani Milgate from the Central Newcastle Butcher Boys in our first part of our Newcastle and Hunter wrap for this round. In the second part, we're going to dig into the B-grade competition. This one is a very open race. Uh, definitely at least four, if not five, of the teams in the finals race who can make some damage on the way through. But we've still got a handful of games, including a midweek catch-up to get into. And a man whose club is involved in that catch-up game is none other than uh, the uh, the returning uh, prodigal son who's come back to Qatar this year, Carl Younger. Carl, welcome to League Castle. Yeah, thanks for having me, mate. Appreciate the... Uh the big ups, I don't know if I'm a prodigal son, but I'm uh, a bloke that's decided to test the limits of this fragile old frame of his, that's for sure. Yeah, certainly, mate. Uh, a man who's been around the traps. Uh, you've, you've 
plied your trade in a few different places. Uh, obviously, Katara, South Newcastle. You're up at Coffs for a while. Uh, yeah. You and I crossed paths while we were in Darwin at the Nightcliff Dragons, who've seen some better days, but we'll leave that for another time. And uh, yeah, you're back <laughs> home at Katara, mate. Yeah, yeah, it's good to be home, mate. Yeah, done a few kilometres, but yeah, back to the Bears and yeah, see what we can do, shake the joint up a bit and yeah, hit the ground running, all the rest of it. And mate, uh, juggling at the moment, uh, bachelor dad life while uh, your uh, better half is, is away plying her trade up in Darwin again. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'm earning some bloody brownie points, some bender, bender tickets, they're stacking up there, so solo, flying solo dad at the moment. So big ups, shout outs to all the single dads out there. Tough life. Uh, at least it's only a small snapshot and Rachel will be back at some point. But let, let's, uh, get, let, let's get into some footy, mate. Um, Katara, yep. a slow start to the season, more so due to lack of games, just with the wonderful yeah. wet pitches and things. But you're coming home with a flurry and you've made your way up to fourth on the ladder with a big game on the horizon. Yeah, yeah, it was slow for us. Like, it was real hard to find rhythm. Like our ground, like we were struggling to get on the training paddock, let alone games on the weekend. Um, but, yeah, it's just the last little bit, playing a few games with catch-up, we started to get a bit of rhythm, um, starting to find those, get those combinations a bit late in the season, but it's been really good. It's real positive signs for the boys. And, yeah, big, big game against Swansea tomorrow night out at Lakeside again. So, um, yeah, it's not a bad facility there. It's 7.30 Tuesday night games. It's a bit late for the old fellas. So. Yeah, should, right. yeah, well. should be fresh up at Raymond Terrace on a Tuesday night. I would have thought, and uh, yeah. good good excuse for the punters on a Tuesday night. If you want to, want a good reason, well, either one to skip training if you're uh, if you're that way inclined, or two if you're not yep. playing and just want to get out a double header up there. So um, I believe we've also got um, one of the Southern Conference games. I think it is New Lambton versus Maitland United up there as well. So. Uh, that'll be a nice curtain raiser. They'll get in for a six o'clock, and I believe, as you said, you boys for seven thirty, mm. and, and essentially, well, not guaranteed, but the the winner should um, have the box seat for third place, mate. Yeah, that's right. It's not yeah some things that could happen to upset the apple cart, but uh, yeah, realistically, a big chance whoever takes it out tomorrow night will get that second bite of the cherry come semi finals time, and uh, yeah, that that second chance is always handy to have. So, yeah, but, um, yeah we're, we're pretty keen for it. So, yeah, I guess whoever does the, does their job tomorrow night will probably come away with the chockies. They certainly will, mate. Um, a couple of the top sides had some narrow wins last week before we get into the, the games ahead, mate. Uh, both Windale and University snuck home by two points and, and they'll finish first and second now. And mm. and realistically, they're probably the ones with the targets on their backs as, as we head towards finals, uh, even with one game both to catch up. Mm. Yeah, they've been pretty strong all year. Like especially Window, they've been strong all year. Well, I think they've dropped one game, um, but they've they've had some close games. They're not definitely not unbeatable, um, obviously. But um, yeah, they've been they've been pretty good. They've got some experience there. Some old blokes running around that probably shouldn't be running around, much like myself. Um, and yeah, they've got some some pretty dynamic players there as well. So and Uni, I, I actually I missed the game against Uni, so I can't really comment too much on them, but. Uh, from the results that I've seen, they're quite beatable as well. Just a, a fit side that was pretty enthusiastic. Yeah, I think it's a case that, as I said early on, certainly the top four at all fancy their chances heading into finals, especially if they get that second bite of the cherry. But let's, in the interest of time, mate, jump in and have a look at these catch-up games we played. As we said, yep. yourselves and Swansea both got two games to come, which um, adds some interesting permutations. So you play each other on uh, tomorrow night, so Tuesday night, which will be when the show will be released. So, that's going to be yep. a, a real, I guess, opportunity because 
depending on the result of that, both teams will know how to manage players, etc., out of the back of it, uh, especially if Swansea are to win, because that'll make it that they've locked up third. Yeah, yeah it's it, like a massive game for us, and it yeah, sort of sets the tone for what happens for the next one. Um, it's going to be a tough game. They're a pretty physical side. Like, we've got big bodies, uh, like obviously Cade. Um, he's just a massive unit of a human. Uh, but they've got some pretty uh, solid young fellas. Don't know them by name, but there's one that uh, is an edge back row that's pretty solid. Gets his job done, and they've got a couple of other big middles. Um, but, um, yeah, a pretty solid side, so it's definitely going to be a physical encounter. Um, as I said, whoever shows up. So we've got some got some big boys, the Parenti boys, and, and, um, and Mitchy Smith up the middle doing their job. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes, but I know that it'll be sore come Wednesday. Oh, yeah, I might have some some good news for your for your middles, mate. I believe Cade might still be out of action due to some disciplinary pieces that uh, might see him oh, miss another one or two games. Oh, that's such a shame. I'm, oh, boys will be devastated. I'll have to let them know. Yeah, I, I, don't, don't hold me to it, but I believe he might have got a couple of weeks for a bit of an incident um, a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, get us, get yeah. us. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even hear about what the result of that was, but um, yeah. He's always been a cranky bugger. <laughs> he certainly has, mate. Um, and, yeah. and, mate, I think there's a nice little underlying story here too to um, one of the rivalries in the finals. Am I right in saying one of your junior teammates from way back in your days at Dudley uh, might be uh, plying his trade uh, as a versatile, very undersized centre at Windale? Yeah, that's sort of... I've heard that. Yeah, Matty Garrick. Shout out to Matty Garrick. We played a lot of junior footy together. But it's funny, like, um, Cade as well. Like, I played all my junior footy against Cade when he... he Played at um, at Windale as a junior and, and all the rest of it with Garrick, I'm pretty sure. So, but yeah, Matty Garrick line up against him, won a couple of grand finals as little kids together, and and, and went through junior footy to about under 18s or whatnot. So yeah, it should be funny. Might be some nice underlying stories. I know there's some other rivalries between the Windale and Swansea boys as well. If uh, any of those matchups happen come grand final day in about five weeks' time, mate. But Let's get your thoughts on those other catch-up games. Um, yep. Let's have a look to Friday night and those two sides we're talking about. Irrespective of whether some players are arrested, depending on where they sit, etc. We know Windale already, the minor premiers, Swansea, if they do get the victory on Tuesday, short turnaround to Friday, might rest some players. Windale v Swansea, Friday night down at McBird Oval. It's an intimidating place to visit on a sunny, warm day, mm. on a cold night, uh, Friday night under... Oh. Some uh, some lights that probably only just scraped through the Lux test, like number oh, of the grounds yeah, in Newcastle yeah. and Hunter. It's going to be uh, Swansea will know that they're the visitors, including a few boys who've played for both clubs. Yep. Yeah, mate. Um, yeah, definitely. Oh, like it, 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 it sort of depends how um, Swansea come out of tomorrow night. Like you would imagine, like if Swansea, if Swansea get the uh, get the points tomorrow night, they're going to look at that game as they'll rest their bodies a hundred percent, and you'd have to just manage your players. Your workload, you're crazy not to. But yeah, if, if we're lucky enough to get up tomorrow night, really, um, and it sort of throws a shift to window. What are they doing? Are they resting players? You'd hope, you'd hope that they don't, and they just bash each other. Window win, a lot of injuries come out of it, and then we just like cruise through. That'd be ideal scenario for us. But it'll be a good game. No way, no ways about it. So yeah, if, if I can manage to find a babysitter. Gosh. Yeah, so it'd be lovely but um, it will be a good game of, of second grade for you that's for sure certainly will I, I had the good fortune to referee this game last year at Windale mm-hmm. and it was one of the best games of footy including some of the first grade games I refereed last year no love lost between yeah. the two clubs no matter who steps up for them and um, yeah as you say you might have both sides resting a couple but they'll still have plenty of boys lining up to have a go and mm-hmm. uh, 
put their best out there and, and head into the finals with a winning run. Uh, other games, North Lakes versus Glendale. This one, an interesting one, because if North Lakes were to spring an upset, it, it could potentially open the door for Cardiff to sneak into the finals. So Glendale will yeah. have to be at their best, Freddie Campbell and Forbesy and the like. Mm. Yeah, that, that, yeah, and it depends who shows up. Like, I, I really think Glendale will be too good. Like Glendale, what well, I've seen, it, like, they've got some quality footballers in there. It just doesn't seem to be like stitching together that well. Uh, a lot of errors and mistakes. We've got some big boys. So, yeah, from what I've seen the couple of times I've played North Lakes, I'd really think, you think that Glendale are too clever and get the job done there. Yeah, you, you would hope so, but you never know down at North Lakes on a Friday night. It'd be interesting yeah. to see who turns up. It's, again, a bit yep. like window. Not an easy place to visit. The uh, locals will let you know that you're not from there, and uh, yeah. you're probably glad to, to get out of there at the end of the night, but uh, Glendale have their work cut out for them. And the good news about Glendale, mate, is if you guys do come up against them in the first week of finals, you're definitely not the oldest bloke out there because I reckon Forbes, he's got nearly a decade on you. Is he playing? He didn't play when they played us. Yeah, he certainly he, 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 he was uh, the linchpin of their 82-22 win on the weekend, I'm told. Freddie Campbell got across the strike plenty of times, but yeah, Forbes, he yeah, was kicked up in a seven. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, that means I still got... Uh, I think he's probably got 10 years on me, so i got 10 seasons left. Uh, he plays in a dinner suit most of the time, but when he does pick his options, uh, he's a pretty yeah. wise operator and uh, just one of the good guys of local footy. But um, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. He's been around for a long time. Uh, the other one, mate, that we'll get your thoughts on before we get to your final game is Uni versus Shortland. This one, this one's an interesting one because obviously both sides locked into where they're going to finish. Uni will finish second. Shortland yep. will finish uh, down the bottom there in, by my maths, is about eighth. But. Yep. Um, this one's a rivalry. Both teams don't particularly love each other, so I would suggest a bit like the Windale-Swansea game, both teams will turn up with a bit of a point to prove, especially the Shortland boys with nothing to lose on a Sunday mm. out at uni. Yeah. You'd think, well, like, you'd, I hope so. I hope Shorty turn up and rip, rip in. It's uh, a good way to finish it off, like getting there and ripping with the boys. So, yeah, if they, Shorty shows up, they can definitely do a bit of damage. Um but, um, yeah, I, I think you're going to still be too classy for that one. I think you will come away with the points there. Um, but, again, hopefully they just bash each other. Yeah, undoubtedly. Your deal. Yeah, you'd be happy for the Shortland to soften up uni <laughs> and anyone else on the way into the finals. Uh, look, I, I know at least one bloke, uh, a, a good uh, mate of mine, a former referee, Jake White, uh, he, he's got a big belief in not bending his back when he tackles, so I'm sure he'll uh, try and soften up a few of them for you. Yeah, beautiful. But finally, mate, an, in, an interesting one. And again, you know, depending on where results sit, this could be quite a key game for you guys next Saturday. Uh, taking on the Curry Curry Bulldogs. Again, it's one of those games that's hung around from round one to be caught up. Yeah. Uh, Curry, their season will, you know, I mean, it, it's all, all but done and dusted now uh, in terms of the grade fixtures. So it'll be interesting to see what they turn up with, obviously, with grade, both grade also playing on that weekend. Yeah, I, oh, I've heard a lot of stories. Like when we played Curry, um, like it was it was not a bad game of footy. Like the scoreline didn't really represent it. So, but yeah, it's it could be whatever happens tomorrow night. Okay, that comes into the equation. But yeah, I, I think we we still got a bit too much for Curry. So I'm, I reckon scoreline will put thirty four points on them, and they'll probably get maybe one or two late tries. 34-10. 10 We've heard it here first. Get get, 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 get on sports vet. Back that uh, correct yep. score. Now, yep. the, next, the next question in it, mate. Can you confirm how many times you've got across the stripe in season 2022? <laughs> Just the once. Just I the once. Enough one. not I to get nerd. I couldn't buy one to save me life. The first game that I played, 
Um, I actually was playing in the centres. Uh, we were about 10 metres out. The ball got to me. On, I was on the outside of their winger. I get the ball, nothing in front of me, but a patch of grass, the try line, and I spilled it. Didn't even... <laughs> didn't even... I just... In and out, like, it just dribbled out onto the ground. I was just like, oh, no. That was the first... That was, I think that was my first touch. So, um, but yeah, no, I got across the stripe. Yeah, that was it. Welcome back. I think the boys had talked me up in the club, like, this bloke's coming back. Yeah, he used to play pretty good. And that was my first touch. So I really set a good first impression. And yeah. Um, But, yeah, no, got one on the weekend, mate. So pants will stay on. So. Pants will stay on. That, that's good news for everyone around Hudson Park. Yeah, so, that's right. um, we're glad, exactly glad. right. Glad to hear that, mate. Well, um, all right, one last question before I let you go because it sounds like you've got your hands full with the little one there, mate. If Katara don't take it out, or, or who is the team for Katara to beat to, to win the comp this year? If you have to put put it on one team out there, who is it? Is it Windale, Uni, Swansea, Glendale, or Cardiff? Mate, it's got to be Windale. Yeah, it has to be. Um, yeah, it'll be us the Windale grand final. Windale will go straight through. Um, we'll we'll finish. We'll beat Swansea tomorrow. And we'll finish and uh, get the second bite of the cherry. Um, but yeah, we'll scrape through, uh, and it'll be us via Windale in the grand final. So does that mean that you guys finish third, knock off Uni, and play Windale in the major? Or you, yep, yeah, yeah. And then they're yep. going to edge you, and then obviously you'll get the revenge when it gets to the grand final. Is the story right? Yeah, that's the one fairy tale, mate. And then K Younger hangs the boots up, goes out a winner. So, so I'm seeing it. It's twenty twenty four twenty two. You're down late, and you just run over the top of M. Garrick to score the winner. No, no, it's, it's locked up at locked up at twelve all. Garrick, K. Younger both have scored tries. Last play of the game, ball comes out to K. Younger. He goes, "Yep, I'm good enough." Bang, field goal. We win it. Thirteen twelve. Well, I, I have called a game in, in the real NRL this year where a winger kicked the winning field goal. I needed two off for Sassnock, so why not? I like it, yeah. mate. I like it a lot. Uh, thank you very yeah. much for your time. Good luck. Tomorrow night, good luck on Saturday and, and good luck for the finals, mate. Uh, look forward to uh, some good stories continuing to come out of the B-grade competition. I think it's one of the picks to watch as we head into the finals. Yeah, perfect, mate. Yeah, it's been a good comp and yeah, big ups to Newcastle Rugby League for getting it happening. Well, we did promise you a bumper episode and we're well over an hour and a half and bringing it to a close. A big thank you to all of our guests. Firstly, the regular co-host, thanks to Junkyard Skips, the stats man, Josh Spiegelman, and all his uh, abacus-wielding glory. Uh, also to Brendan Simpson from South Newcastle Lions. Uh, great to have a chat to Simo, uh, an absolute stalwart and uh, just one of the good guys of Newcastle Rugby League. So great to chat to him about Souths and... They run into the finals. Uh, also to Tani Milgate from the Central Newcastle Butcher Boys slash Butcher Birds. Uh, great to have her on as well with a bit of an insight into uh, the Women's Rugby League uh, competition in the tackle format and uh, how that's growing and developing and the uh, the final matches as we head to the finals as well. And, of course, Carl Younger, who's part of that uh, very tight B-grade race uh, with catch-up games are plenty to be had over the next five or six days. So plenty there to keep an eye on as well. A big thanks to all of them. A big thanks to all of our partner businesses, Sharp Deer, Central Coast, Beaver Brewery, Junkyard Skips and Shipley Meats at Rutherford. Make sure to check them out and try and support those businesses where you can. Uh, let them know that we've sent you over from League Castle and continue to support those who support local rugby league. Make sure you do get out this week and weekend to support your local or favourite teams. Plenty of opportunities for some quality rugby league action heading into finals. 
it's only going to heat up from here. We're a week away from finals in some competitions, two in others, and it's a very tight race in a number of the grades, and we're looking forward to bringing you all the updates as we head into the finals across the Newcastle and Hunter Rugby League competitions. Big thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to chatting Rugby League with you next week. We go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson. Runs to the line, he's got Buxton with him, it's been put on the toe. It's going to be a try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You're listening to Lee Newcastle, Newcastle Hunters, Hunters Rugby League.